I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And And this this is That Other F Word. Do you ever feel like sometimes it's just like all about us? Like me, me, me. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) It should be. Like as Americans, especially, we're like, here's everything going wrong in our country. Um, Yeah, we're all very dramatic. There's a lot though. We're very Karen-y. We're such a Karen country. <laughs> we are. We really, you know, the whole term first world, con- first world problems really. It's really mostly American problems. Damn, it is though. It's like, we are, our problems are problems of our own creation. <laughs> <laughs> Yay or nay. I mean. We're the worst. We're the worst. <laughs> we suck i mean look i I really i I struggle nowadays thinking we are the best country in the world (laughs) i'm gonna stand by we're the best country in the world but damn could we We, do so we do better like just saying so improvement (laughs) i was like you know we should do i've heard of like you know recently there have been some issues that i've like have crossed my noggin that i wanted to do episodes on around the world and I was like, so we'll do that. And then as I did that, it just got like more and more depressing. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do it, but it's still going to be a bummer. Yeah. Um, here's another lively episode for you guys on a fun and exciting topic. Happy Thursday. Um, I hope Mitch actually gets this out on a Thursday, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it turned into like three violence against women issues. But we're going to talk about it because that's what's going on in the world right now. And always. Um, So we're going to talk about femicide. What's femicide? It's exactly what it sounds like. But um, it's not a new term, but it's one that's kind of new to me. Um, It was used publicly in 1976 by feminist writer Diane E.H. Russell at First International Tribunal on Crimes Against Women in Brussels, Belgium. It is more an international term, so it's not a term that we use a lot here in America, Um, which, so I didn't totally realize that, but it, it doesn't just refer to the killing of women. Um, It can also refer to like the system that kind of sweeps that under the rug. Um, It's kind of like rape culture, but we're talking about murder. Does that make sense? When we first said femicide, you know, my reaction was, I mean, it's like, do, do we need a word for it? Well, apparently in America, we don't. <laughs> well, um, I just, I mean, for st- statistics purposes, look, when we're, when we're, if we're talking data only, when people are killed, for all intents and purposes, put in a spreadsheet, <laughs> what sex, what gender, you know, now we're going to have gender assigned at birth um, manner of death, you know, perpetrator, if known, you know, kind of things like that. Right. So we have, that's how we get data. These are, these things are tracked. So having a specific word, um, of course, then when you said it is the whole, like it being swept under the rug and everything is where that's, I think the linchpin, right? Like that's the, why we have to have a word for it. What it specifically refers to is any kind of domestic violence that ends in death, rape that ends in murder, 
honor killings and any other murder where the victim's gender is a factor in her death, right? So that that makes sense to me, right? Yes. Like, these are people that were killed because they are a lady, <laughs> right? Sure, right. So does the- it, did you say, does it include like prostitutes and everything? Um, well, it didn't say that in that blurb, but it sure should. I, I, that's my thing, you know, cause so like we've, this is kind of, I don't know how, if this is on subject, I don't, but we call high risk and low risk victims. Like you and I are low risk, the lifestyle that we've, we've chosen and the lifestyle other people have chosen, put them at higher risk because they're um, more prone to violence and everything. Um, those people are also deemed less worthy of attention sure. um it's how a lot of serial killers start it's why dennis Rader gets away with doing it for 40 years mm-hmm. um a lot of times these people aren't caught until they get someone like you or me who's a low risk white woman well it actually um, reminds me of the green river killer that's dennis Rader. no no that's btk you're talking that's about. he's btk yes green river talking about green river green river um they, but a lot of them, and a lot of them start there and, and we don't even know, right? So we think Ted Bundy only took these low risk victims. These are all young girls that were mostly good. Like, I don't know that he didn't kill 40 prostitutes before he then moved on to more challenging, but we chalk women who have, who live a different lifestyle as less important. And we're not, we don't, you know what I mean? I just, I can't get over the fact that you and I just had a conversation where we talked about serial killers, the way people talk and, about actors in movies. Oh no, he wasn't in that. He was in the other one. Like yeah. we're just like casually confusing serial killers. <laughs> There's a whole, that's a whole thing. Um, serial killer culture. Uh, and we've talked about serial killers, but not really the culture and like that kind of thing. It isn't a TV show. It's not funny. Um, and yes, but you know, I just wonder if when we're talking about this, we're doing the same thing we've done so many times and we're, we're leaving out the less fortunate or the uh, marginalized. Oh, was, you know, so we talk about this a lot. We talk about, you know, when we fought for our vote, we didn't care about black women. Are we doing that again in this? I'm just curious. I, I, because it doesn't say it. Some part of me, it wants to say like, are we just completely wiping out a a complete population of women who are murdered because they have chosen a certain lifestyle. So this first case, I think is interesting to lead into after what you say, because Sarah Everard, when I was reading about her reminded me a lot of myself. Um, Sure. This, this girl is us. Yeah. Well, especially like she even worked in marketing. Um, I have, so the job I did was only, it was more like stewardship of like donors and stuff, but um, you know, I've got a communications degree. Like I could have easily gone into a job like that. Um, yeah. You're a marketing, you're a marketing person. Yeah. yeah she's even my age. Um, yeah. She's like a year older than me. So Sarah Everard uh, was a girl killed in England earlier this year. Um, she was killed by a cop, 48 year old Wayne cousins. We say a girl, she was a woman. Yes. But, we, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I feel like I need to be more careful about how I say that. Um, so she was walking home in South London and at night. How she dare left, she? 
What yeah, a she, she walked alone by herself at night um, in a big city. People do that literally all the time. Right. Well, I think that the narrative though is like the narrative wasn't, Hey, we need to stop men doing this. The narrative from the government was, well, you Don't. shouldn't like, she shouldn't have been walking. Don't walk at home by yourself uh, alone at night. Yeah. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Just, I want to throw that out here. Yeah. Um, it really kind of made me think, and I also read a book re- recently that, that, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So her body was found on March 12th in the woods about 50 miles from where she disappeared. Um, she was walking home from a friend's house on the phone with her new boyfriend. It was at 930. Um, her death kind of became a rallying cry, which, you know, has to be complicated for her like friends and family. I've read an article about that, but like it blew up nationwide. And it's not because this is something that never happens. It's because it's something that happens all the time. Um, she has kind of become a symbol of those who have been attacked and who, whose cases have gone totally unnoticed. Um, you know, there was, I saw like a memorial um, that was set up where she uh, was taken and it was just like flower, like it was just this huge photo of all of these flowers there in memory of her. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, it kind of reminded me of George Floyd. There was a protest, um, or I think there are probably more than one, but there was a vigil, the protest that they came out despite COVID restrictions. Um, and there were protesters that were arrested. Um, and really the women's anger centered on the fact that like women can't just be safe walking home at night. Right. Um, there's a bunch of hashtags that came out. Um, Reclaim the streets. So it's kind of like our version of take back the night and text me when you get home was the other hashtag, which. Yeah, I mean. Just the fact that we as women are socialized to like be scared the other person's not going to get home. Okay. We talk about it all the time. We've always made sure when you were single, I, if we rode together, I mean, I'd pull up to get to where I could see the front door of your apartment, make sure you got in and your door was shut before I ever drove away. I mean, like I sat long enough to make sure you, you were able to shut it and lock it. No one could have pushed their way in between. And I mean, there was even one time that there was somebody who was lingering in the hallway and you walked in with me and stayed until he left. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't, I, I said to you specifically, does that guy live here? And you were like, you know, I, I'm not sure. And I said, all right, let's go. And, yeah. I just, and so, you know, now that guy, he was probably up to nothing bad. He was just hanging out, probably having a smoke or waiting for somebody, but now he's going to have to deal with two of us. Right. And Hey, he doesn't want to deal with two of us. No. <laughs> you know. Um, so the way, so not, first of all, 97% of British women report being harassed in public. Think about that. That's well, almost all of them. <laughs> and then, well, and then what happens is our, ma- you know, the males in our lives, not necessarily our specific, but they're, you know, everybody, all the men are like, you're, you're too parent, you're paranoid. You're well, we're not paranoid. Like everyone has had a situation like this. Statistics say we have to be paranoid. This is a, this is a woman who's low risk. Yeah. Who 
is just walking home. So here's a, and, and killed by a cop. Well, and I have been in situations where like, I've been nervous to walk back to my car and I feel silly. You know what I mean? Like, like in the old city or something, feeling silly for being worried about it. And I think that until it happens, that's kind of, we're both sent the message that you're in danger at all times and you have to protect yourself. And also like, okay, don't take yourself so seriously. That's different than taking yourself too seriously. But you know what I mean? Yes. I feel like, well, I feel like we get both messages. Right. Well, and then there's this cop who is there to protect literally how many fucking cops then have killed like prostitutes instead of just arresting them. Right. I mean, if this cop exists, they exist. The one is not, he's not an anomaly. I promise that. And so we're talking about how this is now this girl gets all this fanfare, not saying she doesn't deserve it, but a black prostitute is killed. Nobody gives a shit. Right. Um, and so I just, it's like, I just want to make sure once again, we're not forgetting an entire body of people who are still human beings who deserve every single same right we do. Um, you know, I just, I just keep, I'm going to throw that in every chance I get. I'm, I've been fired up for like two weeks. So. Well, I'm guessing Sarah Everard herself would like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, she just didn't want to get murdered. Take, it shouldn't take her death to make everyone care about this. No, she just wanted to walk home and not get murdered. And I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. I was, I was reading this book uh, recently. It's, it's a work of fiction. It's called Final Girls by Riley Sager. Sager. Um, and so it was interesting. So the girls in the book had been victims um, of some sort of violence perpetrated by men. And so there were a couple of instances in the book where they would go out at night purposely like trying to lure a man in and then like beat the shit out of him right like so like they would take a purse and like one that would be easy to grab as bait does that make sense and it just made me think like they would go walking through central park is where they would do this at night and it just made me think like so they were banking on being assaulted and like yeah I mean, it's just a crazy thought that we can't take for granted walking home safely by ourselves. Sure. But also, you know, then we, then we start getting into like vigilante type stuff, which. Oh, I'm not perpetuating. I just right, like, me is like, oh, this is so predictable common. that yeah. they can just plan on it. Yeah. We can bait somebody very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. This all comes down to, to, let's just say it plain mental health and um, the continuation of a lack of education and stuff in um, our society. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not addressing mental health. We're not, we are not um, funding schools properly. We are not funding certain neighborhoods properly. And um, there, this, this is not going to stop until we realize that there's a lot of things that are a problem at a systematic and systemic level that need to be like, this is a, it's all a problem. And it's, there is a, there is a route to this problem and we just won't, none of these, none of our countries. And trust me, these are all developed countries we're talking about here. 
it's a problem. It's a problem. Especially in somewhere like Lund, like this is not, it, it, we can, we'll talk about, I know you're going to talk about other couple other places and stuff, but like England and the United States, we're civilized. We've deemed ourselves, you know, first world. Oh, well, yeah. you know, so then we need to address our first world problems and, but we won't because again, like, you know, mental health, all these kind of things are poo-pooed. So, okay, I'm done. So the next one is um, something that really made news early in 2020, but femicide in Mexico. Oh boy. Um, So at least 939 women were victims of femicide in Mexico in 2020. That's not how many women were killed. That's how many they were actually able to identify just specifically as femicide. Right. Um, I think is probably a small, it's, it's just, it's definitely a fraction. Oh yeah. Um, so overall 987 women and girls were murdered just in the first four months of 2020, according to government data and government never does anything to mess with data. Um, of those <laughs> incidents, 308 are categorized as femicides. So according to Mexico's Secretary of Security and Citizen Protection, the government data shows a lower number for femicide as the interpretation relies on specific evidence a woman was killed because of her gender. Um, In 2019, a record-breaking 3,833 women were killed, an average of 10 every day. So uh, this year, 2021, there was a March on International Women's Day. The president had a barrier erected outside the national palace to protect it from protesters and what these women did was after they erected that wall they wrote women's names all over it the women who had died which i thought was beautiful um last april alone so in 2020 267 women died so of course just like here in america leaders are not kind of acknowledging the issue the president dismissed the scale of the problem, blaming the neoliberal, neoliberal governing model of his predecessors. He said, I'm going to give you another fact, which doesn't mean that violence against women doesn't exist because I don't want you all to misinterpret me. 90% of those calls that serve as your base are false. It's proven, he told a journalist hmm. asked about his government's own data on emergency calls against women. So, so his, the Mexican Trump got it. Yes. During okay. lockdown, they're getting 20,000 calls a month about domestic violence. And it's not that when he's saying they're false, it's not that they're false. It's that they don't get carried through to the end. Right. So basically it doesn't count unless they go through the entire process. And sometimes people are calling and it's just not getting followed up on. Um, So yeah, unless it's actually complete. And of course a killer is convicted in less than 5% of cases in Mexico. Great. Excelente. Um, by the way, I wasn't saying, I say excellente all the time. I wasn't trying to be flippant about Spanish. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to come across a bit as a jerk. Just I don't think anybody thought that. Um, you also so, say things in Yiddish all the time. It's I do. I do. Um, so I don't know what to say about that, except, oh boy, like, that is so sad. And like I saw, like when I was researching, I saw like pictures of like pink crosses set up, like eight pink crosses on the side of the road. Like, I don't are know. we are we in any way surprised though? I mean, probably not. 
I mean, and on if you want, on. like, I know that. So Donnie is Dominican, not Mexican. Although I'm sure lots of people call him Mexican. Uh, <laughs> Every is Tennessee. But do you think that there's anything about machismo culture that contributes to that at all? Or, yeah, absolutely. I think all. I think that's not just Latin. I think it's all right. And so, the ability to minimize women infantilize our emotions all of those things play into this right yeah. remember we're overreacting we're being dramatic we're being sensitive all those things right so then when we say hey we're being killed in mass and we're being killed just because we're women they're like oh come on guys no that doesn't happen anymore it's 2021 there's a lot of stuff happening in 2021 that should not still be happening um, and so I, you know, I think it's all, I think it's, we are constantly getting, it's not undermined, but under value, like our opinion is undermined. It really is. It's like, you just feel that that's not true. You're just feeling paranoid. You shouldn't be, you know, right. Like that is that, that's the constant kind of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It's so, um, no, I don't think any of this has necessarily to do with a more machismo. I think all these cultures now have become, we're all machismos and it's all, you know, we're masculinity. Yeah. We're overreacting. Like we always do as women, they're, they're absolutely doing nothing wrong. They're just men being boys, being boys, um, you know, and it so seem like it was especially bad in, in Mexico. Like one in two women experience. Sure. I I do. I will say you've got a pretty big population in Mexico, right? So you're going to have more incidents per capita, right? You know, because you've got a population, you do have a population that struggles also again with addressing mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got some very impoverished areas of Mexico that this is exactly speaking to my point a few minutes ago. There is a reason they are not getting the funding for all of the things enough to make this better. So it's not because it's Mexico. I bet this happens in India and um, all any kind of, there's places in Africa. Remember, we're still generally mutilating girls in African countries where we don't address mental health and where we do not fund proper education and things like that, this is always going to be more of a problem. We just in our very privileged lives in the United States don't have as much of it. Right. And then when we do have it, it's taboo and we don't talk about it. You know, we clutch our pearls. Yes. And then we pray. I do think it's very cool that women, like, like the movement against it, and bringing attention to it. Uh, one of the women that I, one women that I quoted, um, who was talking about why they're, you know, quote unquote false. Um, it's just because they don't go through the completion. She's like got a website where she has a map tracking like the different hot spots and of, of femicide. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, that is cool. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> right. But I think, you know, seeing women 
taking leadership and ownership of their country and not just deferring to president jerk face. Uh, <laughs> I like that here and I like that other places too, um, which is interesting. So uh, that kind of leads us into Turkey. Um, president, so this was again, just recently, this is back in March, I think. Um, president Erdogan issued a decree in March annulling Turkey's ratification of the Istanbul Convention on Violence Against Women. Uh, and women poured out onto the streets of Turkey cities to Turkish cities to protest. Um, so what the convention is, it's a Council of Europe treaty which took effect in 2014 and it makes it difficult for perps to, more difficult for perps to just kind of get away scot-free. Um, activists, lawyers and opposition politicians have denounced Mr. Erdogan's decree insisting, and I'm not at all sure that I'm saying Erdogan right, but. <laughs> um, uh, so they were insisting he cannot legally take Turkey out of an international convention ratified by parliament. So he's just kind of doing his own thing. Um, huh. Yeah. So. Fancy that. According to Turkey's We Will Stop Femicide platform, at least 300 women were murdered in 2020, mostly by their partners, and 171 more women were found dead under suspicious circumstances. God. Turkey was the first state to ratify, which is, this is interesting. They were the first state to ratify this convention in 2012. And hmm. Erdogan praised the convention at one point as evidence that Turkey was a leader in gender equality. Yeah, um, not sounding like it there. Yeah. So, but here's what's interesting, and this is a little different. The reason he pulled out is because his party is more conservative and they are afraid that being part of this convention will lead to gay marriage, basically. So that's why they pulled out. Um, it encourages, they say it encourages divorce and undermines traditional family values. Um, they find it problematic that signatories have to protect vit victims from discrimination regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Yeah, we wouldn't have to protect people we don't agree with. Um, Just when we thought we were the bottom of the barrel of understanding things. They, so I will say, you know, um, Turkey, we have friends that are Turkish, really good friends. Um, they're probably the most lovely people I've ever known, but that, so their country is Muslim, which predominantly Muslim. And there are some, um, old school, uh, problems that can happen sometimes in the culture, like any culture, but that, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say good thing. Christianity doesn't have any of that. Correct. But <laughs> We do have a little bit of a cultural situation that is different, a religious situation that's a little different, that maybe not as progressive in our opinions on some things, especially when it comes to women. And um, so I'm actually, I'm not that surprised. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not knocking on Muslims. I have plenty of friends that are, that are, you know, that aren't, that that's not like a thing, but the cultural society um, can be, can be a little difficult. They're, they're moving away from it, of course, but uh, some people are slower moving than others like we've seen here, but that is a little bit, it's just a little different of a, there's still a little, like we've, we've done what we've done. You can understand like we're in the United States. And even if we're, if we have a problem practicing our religion, we really, we can, um, we can practice different religions. We do practice different religions. We've got 
more than I could ever name practiced in this country. In Turkey, you probably only have two. Yeah. You may have a, a couple little pockets of a very small percentage, but the majority of their population is Muslim with some Christians. And then, you know, so like, so what I'm saying is they're not progressive. It's just, they haven't been able to be more adaptive because they haven't had to be. Their religion has been their religion. Part of why United States has been, has done this and been a little more quote unquote progressive with things is because people of different religions have been practicing and said, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's fine. You can still be this, but you're not allowed to generally mutilate your daughters any longer. Right. It may still be whatever religion you are. In this country, you can practice whatever religion you want. There are certain aspects of your religion that you cannot legally do here because our laws do not allow it. They've not had that. So I just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not where I'm, of course, very critical. I I also do kind of understand where we're at here. Right. in our timeline. <laughs> well, it's just like whenever we talk about like, you know, history or anything, like, yeah, it's not excusing it. It's putting it in context. Yeah. And I mean, and, and we're new Turkey's been around a lot longer. Right. They're a much older nation than we are. Right. Yeah. I did. It does like make my heart glad to see women once again, just like fighting back though. It's beautiful to see. Yeah, it is. And it, but it's, it, again, it's like, it, but it sucks that it has to be done. Right. Yes. You know? Um, and so, yeah, interesting, but yeah, but getting, getting killed by a cop while you're walking home is pretty, pretty much like that's supposed to be taught. Well, even when we were kids, right. We were taught not to go to a cop. We were taught to go to a mom. See, I don't know that I was taught that. I was, we, I grew up obviously a lot and I'm older, which is funny, but because where I grew up, okay. So this is like the Turkey United States thing. Tennessee didn't have to grow up as fast. Right. Tennessee was firmly secure and they're just white Christianity. And where I grew up, we've got a lot more going on. So 10 years before you are born and I'm a kid living I mean, the whole time up until you're born, I'm taught if, if, if I, if you get lost, you find a mommy, you find, you find a lady with, with kids. Yeah. Yeah. 40 years ago, like, because no, we couldn't trust cops because cops did shit back then too. (laughs) You mean it's not new (laughs) guys. If we got to talk about it again, the way the police police was formed in a in racism, it's fine. You don't you don't have to like it. Yeah, I mean, I think I was, you know, my until I became an adult, what I thought about the cops was, you know, the guys that came to talk about dare at school. You know what I mean, or stuff like that. Or you know, when we had some a family emergency, there were cops who showed up, and yeah, it was it was things of that nature. They were kind and helpful and. Um, you know, this is all anecdotal stuff, but that's just as a young white girl where I grew up, that's, that was what I thought of police. And so, right. 
And I think my dad and my uncles all had problems with the law as young people. And so we were kind of, (laughs) and I don't know what that chalks up to. In Miami, it's a little harder to say it's a person of color problem, to be honest with you. We've got so many persons of all colors that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, but, um, I also grew up in a firefighter family. My uncles are firefighters. My brother's a firefighter, you know, like, so we were always more firefighter than cop anyway. Um, and we would have gone up to a firefighter or a phone man before we'd ever go to a cop for help because that's what our, our uncles and our dad were firefighters and phone men. So we could trust them. We didn't, cops were not, cops were only, you only went to if you were in trouble, like cops were a, a bad thing. If you saw a cop, it meant you were in trouble, not, not help. They were never, they were never for us, a sign of safety. It was always like you avoid them at all costs. Right. Um, you think that I really grew up in the criminal element boy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah. you know, so the things that the way we're raised, the way who, where we're raised, who we're raised by all those things do matter. Um, well, you know, it's funny because now that you're talking, I'm thinking my dad, my dad was like hippie. Like he, when he was younger, like yeah, sure. my dad, he had to have his stomach pumped one time. <laughs> like he did some police. And so it's, fun. yeah, there is, they always like to tell the story. Like after I had dare at school, they came home and they were like, well, what would you do if you walked in and we were smoking pot in the living room? And I said, I would have to call the police. <laughs> Can you imagine my dad? My kid's not cool. Yeah, your dad's like, (laughs) put the bowl away before she came in. (laughs) Like a narc. And like in my family, (laughs) never, never call the police. I mean, we'd be those people, you know, when they're like, why did you call so-and-so before you called the cops? Be like, because we don't call cops in our family. (laughs) That's why if I ever need to bury a body, I'm calling you. Yeah. Like we don't call the fucking cops (laughs) Cops are not a good thing to call. I don't know. Like, isn't that weird? Like funny, like just how, yes, how different. And that's just a matter of proximity, I guess, to, you know, anything so interesting but uh well we all we've all got different perspectives and I kind of am glad we did a, a show today talking about things that are kind of out of our normal perspective and context yeah absolutely and and yeah to think femicide that's a new that's definitely a new idea for me and like I said a bit, like like everything is anybody surprised that I heard something and push back immediately <laughs> Well, is it, do we need to work for it? But I think that because, mm-hmm. because of what is behind it, I think we do. I That's think. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, we're again, a first, you know, I'm, I like to, I like to push. I like to, I like to get, I don't want to just take the easy answer for anything. You know what I mean? So that is just my nature to say, why do we need this? And then figure out why. And, and we do need it. And because of all of the other implications, all of, all of the cover-up type things that there's just so much. It, it means more than just killing a woman. Um, and so that is why we need it. And it's fine. We can have lots of words. We love words. I love words, 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 words. <laughs>
And so let's just, why not? Yeah. If bootylicious is in the dictionary, then freaking femicide can be. I agree. That's all I have to say. (laughs) And I'm not anti-bootylicious, but I'm just saying like. There's room for all these things. There's room for all of these things. The book will just get, remember everything is online now. So who cares how big the book is? Nobody has actual books. So I think, I think we're coming to the end of our words today. I think so. Um, So we love you all. We know you've missed Mitchie these last few weeks. We promise he'll be back someday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at that other F word pod. You can find us at that other F word.com. Please subscribe and rate and review. And remember, feminism isn't a bad word. And don't kill women. Please don't do that. Don't kill anyone.